Welcome to another episode of the University of Washington's Thrivecast, the podcast designed to help School of Medicine faculty thrive. I'm Trish Critic, and today we're joined by Dr. Ann Browning. Dr. Browning is the Associate Dean for Wellbeing in the School of Medicine. She's a partner of mine on many, many activities in, in our office and a good friend. And Ann, I just want to thank you for joining us today to talk about entering into a new year. So I'll begin by saying Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Happy New Year. You know, we've talked about this a little bit already, and I think it's a great topic to, for our listeners. And that is like, how do you enter into a new year? You know, we talk about New Year's resolutions and kind of, I don't think they, that resonates with a lot of people. But at the same time, it is a point of change and a point of potentially new starts or cleaning your closets or whatever it is that you do at the start of a new year. And I thought it would be great to to sit and, and talk with you a little bit about your thoughts on helping people at that kind of point of transition and, and new beginnings in a new year and how that we might take advantage of that moment. So what do you think? You know, I, I feel like humans are remarkable creatures of habit and <laughs> we are very good at you know, following the patterns and trajectories that we've set for ourselves. And it's, it's tricky because many of us want to actually shift gears and want to try new things, try to set healthier patterns for ourselves, try to sleep more, try to eat better. All of the things that we tend to kind of wrap up in, into kind of our resolutions and, and kind of mm-hmm. a more formal setting or traditional setting. And it's, it's hard to make those, those changes. Um, so when I think about kind of how do you leverage this idea of marking a new year, it's really about giving yourself an intentional timestamp or point to, to kind of reflect on what has happened and be really thoughtful and intentional about how you want to move forward. Let's talk about that a little bit more because let's start with the reflection part. I want you to help people get into that mode because I think some people hear the word reflection and are like, that's not me. I don't do that. I don't do that reflection thing. So maybe you could help people think of all the different ways they might enter into a space where they reflect on kind of what they've been doing and and maybe also where they might be going. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you how you reflect as well, I think, (laughs) uh, as a heads up. You know, there are tons of ways to do this. And really, there's no wrong way to kind of try to take stock of of the year that has been. It's interesting for me, I've gotten into this practice of really trying to sit down kind of at some point in that like this kind of January phase and really think back over the last year and think about what was what was kind of a high point uh, or something I want to remember from each month. So it's not an overwhelming amount of reflection or, or thought, but it's it's nice to actually think back and be like, okay, what did last January look like? What did it feel like? What did we do? What you know, what stood out? And and sometimes I do this, you know, with a partner. Sometimes I'm like, I'll actually just scroll through the pictures on my phone and actually kind of go month by month and just kind of note what what stood out to me from that time. And it's when I realized just how rough my memory is, and that like once I'm actually in this practice, like a lot comes back, and I. You know, I think we move so quickly that it's kind of fun to actually pause and give ourselves a chance to kind of reflect and think and remember, you know, all that has happened in the last year. Yeah, I really like that idea of going back and looking at your photos. I feel like I do that occasionally randomly, but doing it with some intention is a nice way to reflect back on the year. Um, you ask what you ask me what yeah. I do. 
And I think the reality is I use the times when I'm either running or walking for that type of free thought. And so around the new year, I kind of dedicate at least one run, which I happily dedicate to think about anything other than when is this run over? Um, (laughs) (laughs) And one or two walks to thinking about the the past year. And then really a lot more for me kind of thinking about kind of moving forward. What are the things I'm hoping for or prioritizing or wanting to kind of focus in on? I'll add, and at the risk of exposing myself as totally geeky, um, the other way I do it is by looking at my calendar, which has both my work stuff on it and the rest of my life on it. And it helps me remember like, where did I go? What did I do? Who are the people that I connected with? Which shows you how much my life is driven by my Outlook calendar, but it's it's the same kind of thing of like understanding what are those different touch points of the past year? You know, I think it's also been really fascinating that over the last three years, life has looked so different from the years prior. And even, even reflecting back to, you know, where we were at January ago, we were in a huge Omicron surge. And, you know, I think going into that, that kind of winter holiday stretch, I think folks were fairly hopeful that things would look and feel different. And then, you know, Omicron hit and it radically shifted for folks a lot of what they they had hoped to experience. And so even thinking back over what it kind of last winter into spring looked like and how different it feels right now is, is kind of profound. It's hard to imagine that was a year ago. And I think for the last three years, it has felt like that a lot of times, like that was three months ago, that was six months ago. So that reflection part, I think, is is really helpful for actually just perspective taking on all of that as well. Beyond sitting and kind of thinking about what the last year was like, or those kind of moments that are memorable, what other aspects of kind of opening the next chapter do you do you think about or you encourage folks to think about? For me, I really leverage the idea of reflection as a way of kind of seeding a sense of trying to set intentions. We, you know, talked a little bit uh, about, you know, banter around that kind of idea of a resolution. Um, But really, I I try to come back to kind of like, what are the intentions I have for for how I want to move through this next year? And to me, I think, again, it's helpful to kind of sit with what did last year look like? How did I grow and change? What were some decisions I, I made or things that worked out or things that that were face plants? And how do I kind of want to approach you know this this coming year? And so for that that intention setting piece, it's interesting. It's and it's been fun to actually hear just over the last like two weeks or so, you know, people talking about, you know, where do they want to learn? how to cook, what do they want to read, what are they, where do they want to explore? Um, and I like that idea of, of intentions around, you know, trying new things or really anchoring on, on a word or a concept that, that holds a meaning to you for a year. And again, if, if we are these creatures of habit, there are ways in which we can really leverage these moments of transition to kind of give ourselves some necessary nudge to actually shift some of those behavioral patterns or try new things. So uh, I try to leverage any kind of pattern interrupt the best I can. And so I think the more we reflect and kind of anchor 
the, the interruptions we want to have happen and ways of, of setting kind of intentions for how we want to move forward. I think the more likely we are to be able to kind of stick with them and have them kind of take hold. Yeah, I really like that um, reframing from a resolution to an intention. And I think that intention of trying something new or kind of un- having a new focus or a new priority in some spaces, I think resonates with me. And I think with lots of people, and I also have had some of those great conversations and have gotten a long list of books that I should put on my list of things to read based on conversations I've had with folks. I think the other thing that comes up a lot at this time of year is things that people might want to let go of. For me, that means cleaning my office every year and getting to inbox zero, um, which I successfully did at the turn of the year. But I think maybe in a bigger way, people also think about things they might want to let go of. And I wondered if you want to reflect on that a little bit. Yeah. You know, I I managed to actually clean my office as part of my <laughs> own intention for, for 2023 of, of trying to actually like let go declutter and be really intentional about like what I'm carrying forward. Um, but that, that carrying forward in a literal sense, it means recycling a lot of papers and trying to put things in file folders. But in a, in a broader philosophical sense, I think it's a sense of actually noticing our own thoughts and our patterns and what is it that we're holding on to and you know, sometimes we are stuck with a holding on to a, a story about the past or a way we wish things were or something we wished had happened that didn't quite pan out. And sometimes getting, if we if we hold on too tightly to a, a story about the past or a way we are feeling, uh, sometimes it can be experiences of, of, you know, feeling hurt, done wrong by, like some, some of those harder things. Um, or, or kind of just a sense of like, gosh, I, you know, I wish something was different than it is. Letting go of those stories it can actually have a really powerful positive effect on us. And some of that, and this is often framed as, as radical acceptance, is really giving ourselves a chance to just take a step back from our own emotional reaction to, to the hard stuff that has happened and actually just appreciate and and be at peace with or accept things as they are just kind of coming to terms with reality as it is and i think a really powerful piece here is we don't have to uh kind of approve of the way things are things can be really challenging and hard but to accept it as reality and if i think about kind of that intention and ability to move forward a huge powerful piece of accepting reality as it is under you know accepting the facts for what they are allows us to be really intentional then about the choices we make in terms of how we want to move forward and often we'll see folks if they're kind of stuck in that frustrated place about the past and wishing things were different it's hard to actually make those intentional decisions around how you want to move forward in a really positive manner so i think I think part of the letting go process, you know, and, and reflective process is also kind of what are the thoughts and stories and narratives and emotion? Like, what do we want to actually put on the shelf and let go of, be at peace with, and then how do we want to move forward? And what, what kind of direction do we want to head? I think that concept of radical acceptance is a really helpful one. I've heard you talk about it before. And I think that does take some 
reflection to kind of get to those stories that you're feeling, hearing, telling yourself, or those situations where you're like super frustrated, hurt, challenged, and then identifying them so you can go through this process of kind of accepting it as it is so you can move forward. Do you have uh, any strategies on how to do that? You know, I think that a big piece is that getting good at kind of recognizing our own emotional reactions to what has happened. And, you know, I think a, a big one here is, is even kind of this concept of, of forgiveness. And I, often we think of forgiving someone else or, or something else as, as something we do for, for them or for it. But really, that's for us. You know, forgiveness is about, it is, a, it is the best gift you can give yourself in that it gives you an opportunity to let go of hurt, let go of like a hard feeling or emotion. And so I think, you know, the steps really start with kind of recognizing our own emotions and our reactions to those challenging, hard things, kind of recognizing our own reactivity. Uh, and given kind of the stress over the last several years, most of us have kind of heightened reactivity we're still carrying. And that, you know, noticing what we react to. And then that that chance to kind of see and feel, and get curious about our own reactions. And again, that radical acceptance piece is really giving yourself permission to, to kind of letting that emotional response flow, flow kind of through us and taking that step back and just actually recognizing the facts, giving ourselves you know, permission to, to step back from our emotional response for a moment. And once we accept kind of reality for what it is, it actually helps us limit or, or dampen some of those emotional reactivity moments. In a way, there's, there's kind of this equation, you know, that, that essentially if we, if we have pain and we don't accept the things that are causing it, that leads to suffering. You know, if we, if we are just sitting with something that's kind of a painful experience, but we accept it as it is, then we're just kind of sitting with the pain of the experience. It doesn't totally take away the, the hardness of the experience, but we actually can kind of alleviate some of our suffering in this when we just accept things as they are. And then again, the, the most powerful piece is the pivot to then choosing how you want to move forward in a different way. Yeah, I, I like the acknowledging the emotion and then kind of reflecting on that. And then I really want to come back to your emphasis on forgiveness and how powerful that can be and being able to move forward. So I, I appreciate all of that. And I think that's hard stuff to do. I just want to say that for everyone who's listening. Um, but I think it's great to kind of reflect on all of that. And I think helpful at these times of transition that this might be a time for, for embracing that concept. On a maybe a slightly lighter note, I think the other thing that happens around New Year's is people plan for the future, which could be like planning new adventures, planning new um, trips, planning new experiences. And so I wanted to ask you about that part of a new year as well. So thoughts on that and planning? Yeah, you know, I would say it certainly kind of tethers into giving yourself a chance to be intentional about how you want to move forward. And, you know, we've, we've sit and sat in this space of challenging uncertainty over the last several years. And that has kind of kept us from putting things on our calendar for us to look forward to. And for me, I think a really pivotal uh, learning over the last couple of years was just how powerful it is 
to have something for us to look forward to on our calendar. I say like in any given two week period, have something that is just for fun that you can be excited about. And it tethers into this, this concept called uh, anticipatory joy. And essentially before that really great trip or dinner out with friends or concert or, you know, whatever it is, you know, ski trip, whatever it is that you are looking forward to doing before that happens, you actually get kind of this emotional boost by, by kind of getting excited about something happening in the future that really actually buffers kind of your own experience of the hard things in the day-to-day. So I think this idea of anticipatory joy and being mm-hmm. intentional about, you know, scheduling fun things in your life as uh, a huge positive impact. And I, you know, I, I force everyone around me to really think about what, when are you taking a break? When are you taking a, you know, what are you scheduling your vacations? And this can be months and months out for, for folks in our world here. But knowing and thinking and being intentional about, you know, having those things to look forward to and having that time for rest and recovery over the year and being intentional about that is incredibly powerful. I think this concept is something that you've really brought to our team, which I think has been really positive for me and for everyone on the team. I have always enjoyed planning my next vacation and I get greater joy than I used to in that planning. But I also like that concept of like in the next two weeks. So now when I go on service in the ICU, which I love to do, but is exhausting for me, mm-hmm. I plan a pedicure the weekend after. It's a small thing, but I know I'm going to have that pedicure a week later and I can just read my book and relax. And I know that's on the horizon and it's a great thing to know is coming up. So I think both the big and small things that bring anticipatory joy can be really valuable. And do you have something that you personally do regularly? Oh man, I I've I feel like I've almost rearranged rearranged my life around anticipatory joy now that I've <laughs> kind of figured out just how impactful it is for me. And that you know, I'm I'm also a big planner, but you know, in that in that weekly frame. I try and have things that I'm looking forward to within each week. Uh, And you're right. It can be like the small thing of I'm going to go on a walk with my pal outside on a Thursday evening and it's small and it's random, but I get excited about it and it buffers the hard stuff that that rolls through your inbox or through your world in the daytime and, and gives you a chance to, you know, really kind of anchor in that that positive anticipation. Yeah, I think that I hope folks hear that as something they might be able to try. Okay, we could talk forever and ever. We often do talk forever and ever. So (laughs) um, I'm going to ask you if there's any one last pearl you want to give to people as they think about entering into the new year before we wrap up. Yeah, I would, you know, it's probably maybe just a little bit of an emphasis that, you know, recognizing maybe that that setting those intentions and giving your space yourself some space to to make the changes you want to see happen in your life i would first say shifting behavior patterns hard so give yourself <laughs> some grace if if it's imperfect and a big shift for me of, of getting away from this idea of resolution as it's such an absolute you know term and setting an intention feel free to screw up a lot and and still try and do your best day to day, like and then you know, try to get better over the course of the year rather than getting to perfect, uh, with kind of setting intentions and following through on on 
who you want to become and how you want to live your life in this next year. I love that. I think letting go of being perfect is a good message in general for folks, but here's to intentions, forgiveness, and giving yourself grace as we enter 2023 and lots of joy. I hope lots of folks have a lot of joy in the coming year. And as always, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. I am confident that the listeners will learn a lot from this conversation as I did. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. And for all of you out there to listen to more episodes of Thrivecast, you can find them at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also find them at the UW School of Medicine faculty website at faculty.udubmedicine.org. Thanks for listening and have a great day. 